and welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Doyen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, somebody needs to <laughs> introduce himself. Okay. okay. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Doyen, I mean, well, actually, our guest is not a guest, so you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, hello, Rebecca, again. <laughs> I was trying to give the host a chance to introduce themselves first before I hopped on and said my name. <laughs> but Dorian had the awkward long pause. Sorry, I was posting on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we, we go through this every time with Dorian. When it's just a surprise. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, goodness. How is everyone doing tonight? All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we'll start with our um, visitor. or You're not a visitor, but we'll start with our friend. So, Becca, how was your weekend, week, Thanksgiving? How's it been going? Ooh, child. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us what you're drinking as well. Why don't I just stick to that? Because my life is a hot ass mess right now. I am a walking dumpster fire over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what am I drinking? All right. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> they do this really pretty tree lighting at this hotel not far from my job. And my parents called me and were like, we should go and watch it because they give out free champagne. So right after work, I went and had some champagne with them. And then they were like, well, let's go to dinner. And I had an old fashioned dinner. So I'm feeling really good right now. And I decided to fix myself another drink now that I'm home. And I made I need to come up with a really cute name for it. But it is Crown because I drink whiskey in the wintertime. Um, Already sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it is crowned with that um, praline liqueur that I was telling yes. y'all about. It tastes just like Christmas. I'm in a really good place right now. So what? if y'all can think of a catchy name for it, let me know. Let's call it cuffing season. <laughs> Bam, right there. So, Becca, what you're telling me is I need to get some of that that praline liqueur for my coffee now let me tell you saturday for brunch i definitely spiked my coffee and i had an awesome day it yes. was a great day i typically don't drink coffee when i don't have to go to work but when it gets cold outside on the weekends yes i drink coffee just for the purpose of being able to spike it and have a good time <laughs> Doyen, how, what are you drinking? How has your whole week, weekend, Thanksgiving, how's all that been for you? So I'm going to start off with my official podcast drink. Okay. Um, I kind of wanted to like, just share with y'all like my grocery store wine activities, just in case if y'all don't have a super huge liquor store like I do. Um, so I'm drinking Apothic Crush. So it's a very like smooth red wine blend. It's really delicious. It's a grocery store wine staple. And you don't really have to let it like aerate for too long. It's great as is as soon as you open it up. But before that. (laughs) Wait, so you really do like aerate your wine? I never do. Yeah, sometimes. 
And some I of the have, wines like require you to aerate it because it just doesn't taste as good. I mean, I, mm. I have the little bowl <laughs> thing that my mom bought me. I have never used it. As a matter of fact, I actually don't know where it is at this moment. And all my wine requires me to do is drink it. Is open the bottle. <laughs> Sometimes the bottle. you just like open the bottle and go do stuff. Thirty minutes later, come back. Um, yeah. So sometimes it just it tastes better. But this one, I can open it up and get a delicious taste out of it. Before that, I was drinking <coughs> moonshine and pineapple juice. So oh, it's gonna be a fun moonshine? episode. How'd your moonshine come out? I haven't made it yet. That moonshine, I'm not worried about it because it's it's apple ciders, moonshine and vodka, and like it doesn't really need a whole whole lot of time to sit. So the more time to sit is better, but it'll be fine. As a um, I'm making moonshine for a holiday Christmas party, just so y'all know, and it's gonna be great. I'm excited. Hmm. So what are you drinking, Chris? Well, I am, so I got some Bombay gin, and I've had Bombay before, but I never had the Sapphire, and um, we were talking about this the other day. I told you that it is a little more savory. It's not as blossomy. It doesn't taste as light and floral. (laughs) Um, So at first, (laughs) uh, the other day, I drank it with just some um, tonic water, but tonight I am drinking it with some uh Italian some lemon Italian soda and that that livened it up a little bit um so I am enjoying that my uh weekend everything was great Thanksgiving was great um you had brunch with a super awesome person (laughs) (laughs) I got to have brunch um uh, with Doyen and we had a great time and um, I got to see Fantastic Beast and everything was going well. I knew I wasn't ready to come back to work. Work week starts. I go home today to vote and we have a backyard full of dead birds. So that's how it goes. You know? Everything was going great during Thanksgiving break and we have a backyard full of dead birds. It is freaking me out. I don't really know what's going on. The Demon wildlife birds. Birds, birds, birds. And they, they're laying there so perfectly, y'all. Like I, I kind of look so they're like was... dead and perched. No, well, they're laying over, oh. but they're not, <laughs> like, you know, you expect, I guess, I, I don't know what a dead bird is supposed to look like, but something I dead, I expect it to be like sprawled out. No, they're just like, they're just laying over. And I, I, I kind of peeked around when I was pulling out um, of the yard today because my granny wouldn't let me go <laughs> in the backyard to look. Not that I wanted to, but yeah. So I don't know, but hopefully someone comes to clean it up tomorrow. I told her just go ahead and call somebody to come clean it up because it's not making sense. But y'all just pray for me. Pray, pray we to gonna, all. We're gonna pray over this backyard, <laughs> right? Because. Uh, <laughs> telling you know them the wildlife people came out and they said that oh they just ate some of the berries out of the trees is what happened but y'all those trees have been there for generations like this is the land that my granny grew up on when she was little like we've been there forever this has never happened so i just y'all y'all pray i don't know if somebody put a root on us or what mm. but you know <laughs> we gonna pray just, over this <laughs> So for this weekend, uh, Dwayne's Blackness has kind of been light lately because literally all we do on a weekly basis is uh, watch The Wire. 
And so for everybody to hear, I want y'all to know that I am mad <laughs> at Chris <laughs> for pointing out Aegis Elba's teeth. I have oh, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> I have a lot of anxiety like about cricket bottom teeth. I don't know why. It just oh it just really God. freaks me out. And I was fine. Like I loved Aegis. Um, I would let him pound my yams. And wow. Then- <laughs> I was talking about African food. Y'all are nasty. (laughs) Y'all are nasty. I'm talking about pounding yam. But anyways. (laughs) Uh, But then she pointed out those teeth and I'm like, oh, now I'll be looking all in his mouth every time he talks. Um, And so I thought that he got them fixed, but I I saw a close up picture of him recently, whatever, whatever the magazine he was on the cover of and looking through the spread, they're not fixed. They're just super white now. (laughs) I mean, that's just, they're not that bad. You didn't have to bring that up to me. They're not that bad. It just looks like he has a lot of teeth. I mean, that's better than no teeth. Hmm. Just saying. Um. Anyways, give some care. So, a mini uh, moment in da- blackness. Um, it's actually a feature moment in blackness. But um, apparently, Meek Mill and Cardi B are coming out with a song on Friday, and I'm super excited. Oh, but I've already turned my volume down because they're both loud as hell. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the only way that song could be louder is if they had. Um, Jennifer Hudson sing the hook. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah. So I didn't know that it was coming out Friday, but that's good. I'm, I'm excited already. Excited. <laughs> All righty. So we're going to go ahead and diddy bop to our current events. Um, <laughs> the first one, I don't really fully know how to feel about, but basically it was talking about um, alcohol use screeners. So apparently some authority out in the world told doctors to ask us like how much we drink and so first of all I'm like I feel like they do that on the sheet (laughs) like on the paper when you're doing like maybe it's new patient paperwork or whatever but like they're like hey how much do you drink and I'm like oh moderately (laughs) (laughs) so like so they're gonna ask me again like to my face (laughs) I always say socially when they ask me. I'm like, yeah, oh, socially. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the other person's another personality, but it's socially. <laughs> so I don't, um, I don't know. What, what bothers me is that who comes up with these studies and they're just going on and on about how unhealthy alcohol use is. And I mean, sure. Sure. You know, we don't want to beat up on our livers. We don't want to drink and drive and those sorts of things. But there are other kind. I just feel like this is some puritanical America stuff because other countries drink all the time and they live longer than us. And I don't understand why it's such a big deal. So but my main like, concern. Also, like most doctors aren't asking us about our um our mental health, <laughs> you know, like, right. Things are like probably more important, but they're just like, let's wag our finger at you for drinking. So Doyen, you bring up a good point because one of the things that they said was they're going to like, so there's a, 
recommendation of doing behavioral um like interventions yeah behavioral counseling intervention mm-hmm. you know for those of us who may have more than seven drinks a week so so my, here's my thing about <laughs> the seven drinks a week <laughs> isn't it arbitrary because so for women we can only have seven drinks a week and i just had three tonight so i feel like y'all was still a happier week <laughs> I know. Don't judge me. <laughs> but I feel like in the city that I live in, like, oh yeah, alcohol is kind of a part of our way of life. Like yeah. everything we do, every social gathering we have centers around alcohol. So I feel like they need to make adjustments to this recommendation based on your location. I agree, though, Becca. It's so arbitrary. And when I was first reading it, of course, I read first, you know, women shouldn't have more than three a day. And I was like, um, okay, I'm pretty much in that range most of the time. And but then, then it goes. At the <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, well, right. Add up. You said three a day. I should have 21 a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that is so sad when you say it out loud. <laughs> But I want to know what this behavioral counseling is going to be. Like, are you going to give me legit therapy for the reasons why I drink? Or are you? Behavioral counseling is much more like behavior change. It's not like health therapy. So they're going to make recommendations on like, these are the things you could do instead of drinking. Like, should you maybe, and that's kind of how they ask it. Like, have you ever considered like, doing one drink in one sitting instead of two. So they kind of use those like probing questions like that. And that's their behavioral counseling. I don't like it. I feel like uh, any question my doctor asks kind of sounds judgy. Maybe I should have mm. a different doctor, but all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're just going to leave that at that. So the next topic we had was, um, Chris wrote it as a missionary mission gone wrong. <laughs> when I read that, I, I was like, tell y'all what I read it as. So oh I read God. it. Get your mind out the gun. <laughs> so I read it as missionary Monday gone wrong. And I was like, get your mind out of the gun. I was like, I had a whole so other expectation for the leak that we was quick. <laughs> Y'all are pounding yams. Y'all have a missionary Monday. (laughs) No, (laughs) ma'am. But so we were basically talking about this Christian missionary that decided to take it upon himself (laughs) to go to a community in um, one of the islands of India that doesn't have any contacts or contact with the outside world to the point where like India has laws against like rolling up on these people. Right. <laughs> so he thought he was going to be Captain Save a hoe and it was, nobody was there to save this hoe. And he got, <laughs> he got like arrowed to death, I guess. And it's interesting because like India is like, we're not really sure how to get this person back because um, again, we don't fool with them. We don't bother them. We let them be. And part of it. They buried the body, right? Huh? They buried the body, right? 
Yes. Yes. They buried the body. Yeah. The Islanders buried the body. So I, I mean, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I just find this hilarious. I'm well, sorry. like it's just hilarious because at the end of the day, like social like- media, nobody has like any remorse for him because at the end of the day, like they told him, don't go out there. He's died that he could be the exception to the rule. And I mean, um, <laughs> he wasn't like was colonialism at its best. I it, actually wrote that down. Like, there's, there's just this sense of entitlement mm-hmm. and these assumptions that people have that like, my faith is better than yours. Right. So you have to believe what I believe. No, the world doesn't work like that. These people I, do not care about your white Jesus. They, mm, you know. I literally then, wrote down, um, people are going to get enough of thinking that they are the exception to the rule. Because hello. the rule was don't touch them. And it, you're bringing your diseases and things like that. Exactly. Don't touch them. Don't mess with them. You are not the exception. You're, Leave them you're alone. trying to bring them a bible and a soccer ball i mean i oh my god i just it's so white it makes me mad you're trying to do not a bible to, and a soccer ball that's what he, that's what he had he oh really he had a blue. soccer ball <laughs> he brought uh, he brought gifts for them so he brought um a pig uh a bible and some bibles and a soccer ball because he's going to teach them to play soccer okay he's going to teach- soccer ball probably has smallpox right all over he it. is going to teach them football okay he was probably anti-vax like and the thing about it is like he showed up one day and nothing happened to him so he thought oh we're buddies we could show up another day and they're like no <laughs> like leave and, us well, according to one of his friends he's been planning this for about two years yeah. get out of here and that he tried to make contact before but they started shooting arrows at him like from a distance before he could even reach the shore yeah. oh really and it's just like leave these people alone leave them alone he just he tried it <laughs> now you know what you happens know what? when you try it. They, they helped him meet Jesus today. Mm. Oh, farewell, my anyway. son, or whatever. Um, I do feel a little bad that I find it so hilarious, and I have no remorse. Literally, but, like I, it makes me feel weird that, like, I mean, because we're on the same Christian team, but I was like, your fault. Like <laughs> you should have left them alone. Yeah, but. But you aren't, but the difference is you aren't weaponizing Christianity. Right. That they do. Your Christianity is very different than his. At the end of the day, I feel like God's going to get to them somehow. But, um, yeah. Who's to say they don't already have God? I was about to say they, that, you know, there's one God and how, how you worship him, how you identify him, what you call him that or her, that's. That's on you, you know, yeah. all of our, <clears throat> it doesn't, it's not a difference. And so what they're doing, what they're practicing, that's for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to respect that and be respectful of that. And that, I think that's what made me so, <laughs> so tickled. It's like, boy, sit down. These people have a whole way of life that has existed for centuries. Centuries. Don't need to. They don't have to worry oh. about being depressed because everybody <laughs> getting engaged on Instagram. Like, oh. hey, they are doing oh. fine. <laughs> Please leave fine. them alone. <laughs> Anyways, um, in addition to past this story, we're going to talk about, uh, speaking of primitive humans, 
future. <laughs> oh man, baby mama, woman drama, and stuff. I, oh my god. So, um, lately there have been some posts by this girl, um, the Britney. And <laughs> she's talking about stop tagging me, not my problem. I don't give a fuck, thanks. And then she wrote a long. First of all, I'm tired of people writing long stories with a lot of words on Instagram stories. It lasts like oh my three God. seconds, right. <laughs> and I have to keep. And then I have to keep doubling back. So right. I, keep I just learned how to like reverse on Instagram stories. Like last week, it was a mistake, but I got there. But <laughs> now, if you click on the story, it'll pause it so you can actually read it. Yeah, I also learned learn something week. new every day. I did not know that, so I just I just tap the story. Yeah, just hold it. Yeah. Tap and just hold it. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. But it's Before just like know. she's like, y'all, please stop tagging me. I moved on from future. So I know a couple weeks ago there were these like pretty engagement photos i mean not engagement but bridal shower type photos or bridal or not bridal pregnancy shower <laughs> type photos I, I was trying to figure out what you're doing <laughs> it's that moonshine y'all but um, so there is these really cute pregnancy photos was that britney in the picture or no 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 joey is who's pregnant now gotcha who also I can't even keep up here. So <laughs> Listen, so what I had to do was I had to go to uh Wendy Williams' page because she has a uh, flow chart. Oh <laughs> so my god. I had to go to her to make no but shout out to Wendy I'm Williams. Familiar. I never thought I would say that, but shout yes. out to Wendy okay. Williams. <laughs> so so you know she and future have a love-hate thing. So Brittany is one of his old baby mamas, and she's really the go-to baby mama. Like anytime he decides he's not talking to whatever celebrity he always goes back to Britney Britney is always around but Britney's like she's discovered her worth and she's done with him and she doesn't want to participate in this harem and then future posted some petty post like are you gonna cry in this Maybach or are you gonna cry in that Nissan I mean it was like I'm gonna cry this Sunday, and we're gonna keep going. Like, and we're gonna. What does your Maybach mean to me? <laughs> it's just like. So anyway, Joey is pregnant now, which Joey also has a baby by Bow Wow. What she is a yes, she also has a child by Bow Wow. <laughs> Secure that bag, honey. It was so funny because I didn't even I didn't even realize this until someone on Twitter brought it up. Mm -hmm. So that means Future has a baby by two of Bow Wow's exes, Mm -hmm. which is why he and Bow Wow kind of throw subs at each other all the time. That's sad. Really? I never knew they were throwing subs at each other. I try not to keep up with anything that Bow Wow does. Anything. It, <laughs> it makes my head. But now there's a new girl who claims she's pregnant. Her name is Eliza, I think. She's a IG model, but I don't know her. So so I'm just, I'm just, it's just so much going on. And with all of the like serious stuff that's happening right now, I just found so much joy in researching this and so, trying to figure out <laughs> pregnant. Lately, I've been really into like polygamy 
reality shows. And so, like, <laughs> I love They're great. Wait, They're great. Wait, 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 wait. How many polygamy reality shows okay. are there? So, I watched this, like, documentary on um, Netflix. So, it's called, like, Three Wives, One Husband. And then I've gone into. Can you tell us about it? It's, I like mm-hmm. it. It was like a five episode thing. Yeah, but you could have told yeah. us. Now I have to write it okay. down and go back go and watch, watch it. Go watch the polygamy show. And then now I'm on like this um, TLC polygamy show. I think it was like Five Wives or something like that. So um, literally I put it in my notes. Is that one Sister Wives? It's not Sister Wives. It's a different one for the Sister Wives. But oh, okay. I put, I feel like he'd have more peace as a polygamist <laughs> in Utah. Because... <laughs> Oh God! He has to stop convincing these women that they are the only one, and just like convince them to like live together and be friends. <laughs> you know what? I don't even know if he's trying to convince them that they're the only one. Yeah. I am convinced that he is just really talented. He has to be. Oh. <laughs> I'm you can be trash and talented. I mean, it's most of them are. Yeah. <laughs> most of them are. <laughs> anyway, I just, that brought me a lot of joy researching it. This will be his sixth child, by the way. Mm-hmm. See, Which, he could just have a polygamous colony and call it a day and it'll be good. <laughs> well, which, you know, brings me to my own wonderful father. <laughs> I love my dad. My dad and I are best friends and he is an amazing, he's always been an amazing dad to me. But my dad has six kids, five baby mamas, and we all get along. I'm just saying. Oh, wow. But do all like, the baby step- mamas get along? Yes. that's what, Yeah. Everybody oh. gets along. My, you said we my like, step-mother- you're a part of that. Well, I mean, I guess I just mean everybody. Okay. But like <laughs> my, my siblings and I were raised together really close, even though we didn't grow up in the same house. I mean, two of them did, but the rest of us didn't. People are always kind of surprised at how close our relationships are for us not to have grown up in the same house. Um, my my uh, sister's mother, who is a cosmetologist, she does all of our hair. She do my grand hair. She does my aunt hair. Like, <laughs> See, I that's mean, how you get along. Get along. <laughs> that we all get along. Because what is the point of arguing? Right. For what? Don't nobody want done it no more. <laughs> we, all, right. we all get along. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. I future needs to do, future needs to take notes from my dad and little Wayne. Because <laughs> <laughs> all little Wayne baby mama's good alone too. I, yeah. I have my ideas about <laughs> Lil Wayne and why everybody gets along. Ooh. I just feel like mm-hmm. as ugly as he is, I feel like he's like actually good <laughs> at what he does. <laughs> so. <I want> <laughs> So people are like, you know what? It's like worth it. Just break me off a piece. That's all. Anyway. <laughs> that was a nice break. <laughs> now that we have brought you down with even more trash gossip, um, we're going to continue to bring you down. So <laughs> um, on Facebook and even made it to Twitter, a lot of people were doing like this whole ebony challenge where they're like, post like the year and the month that you were born and people were sharing ebony because I mean ebony at least it used to be like a big pinnacle in black culture but (laughs) but um lately they've had a lot of 
controversy because they're not paying their freelance writers most of the time because Ebony is a Black institution. They usually hire Black writers. (laughs) And so people are like, oh, you want to talk about Ebony? Ebony challenge? How about we challenge Ebony to pay us? (laughs) Run me my check. How about I challenge you to do that? Give me my check. So this is something that Ebony has for for years. I mean, I've heard this for a long time, how they don't pay their freelance writers like they're supposed to. I didn't realize that there was a lawsuit, but I had heard a long time ago that they don't pay like they're supposed to. Yeah, I remember hearing that too. I feel like this is another case of our faves being problematic, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. R. Kelly... I'm not saying that they're as bad as those two, <laughs> but lately, but they're like, the staple. The staples of our blackness are becoming problematic. Um, literally uh, on my notes, I said, "Why do our institutions seem to fail us?" Um, it hurts worse mm-hmm. because, like, they are our institutions, so you think they right. would be looking out for us, but also, right. Their PR strategy of doing nothing super sucks, like super duper sucks. So in addition to not paying their people, basically they were having this big gala and they had like a people's choice, like gala competition. So people chose Little Miss Flint, which, you know, um, Little Miss Flint um, did so much to like, bring awareness of Flint, Michigan water crisis and like mobilize people to actually donate water and stuff like that. And this is like a little girl. And she's like, well, even though I won, I can't go to it because they called it inside of it. So what do y'all think about that? I was confused because so their statement was the gala is not open to the public. But what the fuck does that mean? If she right. won, she is she is not invited to the, the private right, now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, are you saying that it's not open to children? I I don't really know what they mean. I just think, and they've been kind of belligerent in their response. Like mm-hmm. they're not. They're just like, listen, this is what it is, and uh, you know, going back to what Becca said, it, it hurts. But it's time for us to start holding our problematic phase, our problematic staples, holding them, holding their feet to the fire. Just because yeah. that it's just ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, all I can do is like social media harass them because I'm not buying anybody's magazines, like not white black magazines, not black magazines. I just, you know, mag- print is such a dying form. But I guess I could like not go to their website or give them the ad revenue that they need. Mm-hmm. But so I I pay for Texture, um, the Texture app, so that I can have all these magazines that I never read <laughs> because my mind is stuck in. I'm I'm very nostalgic. My mind is stuck in the '90s to when I. Had a subscription to all of the magazines and I read them all and yeah. Yeah. But I'm 
I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that this that that platform kind of works like streams as far as music goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to drop um, Ebony. I'm going to drop them. Yeah. If they get it together, I might pick them back up. But for now, I'm going to drop it. Yeah. I mean, even like magazines in general, like I bought the Vogue Beyonce magazine. I haven't opened that said magazine because that's a lot of words that I don't feel like reading. <laughs> a lot of words, really? <laughs> but I find it to support, but it's like I'm not a huge magazine person anymore, and I feel like it's a lot of clutter. And so, um, but yeah, I like like you said, like they still have life in digital forms, and so whatever we can do to make them feel our wrath would be awesome. Because they need, mm. yeah. And so, um, since I have absolutely drug out through the dirt <laughs> in this week's social media news and current events, I wanted to yes. leave us on a happy note. Well, technically Chris did, but <laughs> so I wanted to talk about Superset. Mm-hmm. I was so yeah. excited for her. And so like, especially as a dark-skinned girl, I have only till recently have I been able to see like brands like makeup brands actually reach out right. to us and show us that we matter because you know like in college I was struggling with like you know all these brands that really cared about white people it <laughs> is like trying to make sure it looks good at us and so everywhere you turn around there's so many great makeup brands that are emerging that like love our skin and um you know Give us all that love. And so uh, Super Scent, like, made a, re- um, I feel like she said, like, a million dollars within, like, 90 yeah. in minutes. In 90 minutes. <laughs> in 90 freaking minutes. amazing. <laughs> like, I'm so happy for her. And then, like, even. She is so humble and just a beautiful person. And so I follow her on Instagram. And I saw yeah, what too. she hit that million mark and she just cried because she's just so thankful and I've been she's followed, come a long way I've been I was following about, her from the very beginning yes, super was one of my first story time people that I've yes yes <laughs> so I feel like I've been on this journey with her and she is amazing at her marketing she's made some really good choices um as far as how she started her cosmetic company but one thing that I can say from experience is that her products are good. Yeah. Good quality. I have um, a couple of the palettes. Of course, I have the the, the original Crayon Box palette. Um, I have the, um, I don't remember the name of the other one. <laughs> I don't have the one that I wanted because she discontinued the raw sauce. Super, if you're listening, because I know you are, please bring back the raw sauce palette. <laughs> um, I have several of her eyeliners, lip liners, lip gloss, lipstick. I use the dip brow. The products are just good. Very pigmented. Very pigmented. Like So, I will say I live and die by Anastasia Beverly Hills. But I do want to try out her dip brow because um, if I could support a black woman with my bougie makeupness, <laughs> I would much rather do that. <laughs> and, and one thing that one thing that Super did, uh-huh. and she did it in a smart way, was she didn't just 
set herself up for success. She brought people with mm-hmm, and her. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to be smart because everybody can't come with you. But it's very clear that she chose the right people because she's always getting this positive feedback about how, you know, how quickly her, um, how quickly things ship out and how quickly everybody gets their stuff. And, you know, it's nice and neat. And her friends are who are working in the warehouse and, and she hired, she purposely hired some of her friends who had previously been, been incarcerated and could not get jobs elsewhere. Um, She, she established relationships with people early on. It's kind of like what Issa said, you know, you have to network um, horizontally sometimes mm-hmm. you got to network where you are and you you all grow together and help each other out and so she connected with a lot of different businesses you know very early on and she always pays it forward and she always gives it back and so I was just so happy to see her succeed yeah um similarly I actually ordered something from another black owned makeup business in New Orleans and it took me three weeks to get a lipstick and I was like what <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't say that I was like mm. you know like I don't I ever want to be that person where I'm like I bought with black business and then they didn't treat me well blah, 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 which is why I'm not gonna name them but I was just like three weeks for lipstick <laughs> and I try to be a little more patient when it's a small business yeah. period mm-hmm. just because I know yeah, it's I staffing it. and everything like that but um you know she put people to work yeah. and said we're a small business but we're gonna operate like the megas and she has also made it known that she has no interest in um having her line available in any of the stores um, I, I kind of think that's important. I also wear a lot of beauty. Oh, bakery. I didn't know that mm-hmm, she did. And I also wear a lot of beauty bakery, which is also black owned mm-hmm. and they have, ex- they've extended some of their product to Ulta. Yeah. And while I'm very excited for them, I'm very excited for them and excited for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah, I, I, I understand. <laughs> excited for me. I just, I would much rather try you out at Ulta than pay shipping. But <laughs> I get exactly. Oh, geez. Exactly. But even, even though that's the case, I, I don't know. For some reason, I like that they that stand me- for their like thing. Like, like, it even goes back to the Shea Moisture thing. Like, we built that brand, and then they got yes. bought out, and it forgot yes. about us. And so, like... And then they put curly-haired white women in the... That's when I said they bought out and forgot about us. <laughs> or mm-hmm. And don't get me started with, like, they stole, like, creative concepts from um, this independent Black photographer for their, like, beard collection. But anyways, so they continue to be trash. Um, and that's why I don't buy Shea Moisture mm. anymore. But um, oh, <laughs> I'm super excited for Supercent. And I will be buying more of her makeup. Like I said, if she has that eyebrow color that's not too dark, but like dark and pigmented enough for me, I'm super excited to buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's I, I mean, you saw my brows this weekend. And I used the... <laughs> um, that wasn't even the dark brown. That was the medium oh. brown. So <laughs> it gets darker than that. Okay, yeah. Um, I have to go pee. So can we <laughs> take a break? <laughs>
we're going to move on to our poor life decision for the week. And so this poor life decision is a decision issue that <laughs> so many of us deal with. Uh, literally, Listen, I saw it in the notes and I just laughed at it. <laughs> it is about our finances and budgeting. <laughs> and um, Okay. So this is something, you know how people like constantly jump on every time you, like you have that person in your life that every time you see them, they're trying a new diet or they're trying, <laughs> they're trying a new trend and dieting. That is me with budgeting. Yeah. I'm always trying to figure out a way to make it work. And it just doesn't work and, for me. I mean, to be fair. So like starting off, I'll be like, okay, I really need a budget. So I'll make this like... Excel spreadsheet of like all my expenses. Oh, you yeah, and then like what's left over, and it's like here you have fifty dollars for entertainment, your whole paycheck, and I'm like I don't understand that makes me depressed. So I'm like throw the budget to the wind, and then we get nowhere. So uh, so you are clearly more dedicated than I. So I wanted to start off just talking about um, one of the articles talked about having a why, like, why do you, why do you feel like you need, everybody needs a budget, but I'm saying she, I don't even remember who the, wait, I can Mm -hmm. look. (laughs) The author is a she. Mm -hmm. And she said, but one of the keys to helping you stick to that budget is identifying your why. So my why is because I need to get out of debt. Now, I want to be very clear. All of my debt is student loans. I don't have any credit. I mean, I do have a little credit card debt just because of, you know, I have credit cards, but not like, you know, anything major. I don't have I didn't go on some shopping spree and buy up a whole bunch of things. I got an education and I did not have parents that pay for that. So I owe a lot of money to Sally Mae and Navient as they are now mm-hmm. called. And I hate them. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that is my why. Do you have a why Doyen, for why you need to be on a budget? Mm. I think, especially as I grow up, I'm having to realize that, like, I can't do whatever the fuck I want and not deal with the repercussions. And so, I <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, I can't eat this pizza and not work out and not expect to get fat. <laughs> and so, like, budgeting, there's a lot of facets to it. Yes. Um, and for some reason, I compartmentalize my debt. So, like, in my mind, like, credit card debt is different from college loan debt because college loan debt is just a big yeah. number and yeah. it has nothing to do with my morality as a human. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but it's just a notion of, like, I want to live better. I want to, at some point, like create the generational wealth that I see my white friends have for you know like their parents help them with things and things like that and so like 
Right. Even like when it comes to having children, when I'm thinking about having a child, I'm thinking about paying for their college if need be. Exactly. And so like two kids is a little bit too much for me, you know, like, cause I'm like, I gotta pay for your school while still paying for my school or my grad school. Cause like my undergrad, I didn't have any debt, but then I went to a private college for grad school and made up for the debt that I did have. But <laughs> so I was just, I'm trying to think, and, it, and not even just like paying for kids, but even like my 401k and like my future life. So it's like at this very moment, when I'm thinking about how I spend my money, it's more of like paying for my past, present, and future all at once and still being able to like feel like I have some quality of life. That is the <laughs> Super. That made me. That made me so sad. <laughs> I have to pay for my passport. I like people are like, why aren't millennials sticking to their jobs? I'm like, because y'all don't give us pensions. <laughs> if you gave me a pension, I wouldn't have to worry about you know affording my future as well as my current life as well as paying for my past. That's that is one thing that I that I am thankful for. Although, I mean, I do ha- I have taken out additional um, uh, retirement because the retirement that's in my pension is not going to be enough for me to live off of. Also, I will be able to retire fairly young and I intend on doing that, but no, no, no. I just mean I will have my years in to where I can retire and draw my retirement, but I'm going to be too young to not work. So I'm going to have to work to maintain my, like I can retire when I'm 46. Please stop talking. (laughs) Well, I, Well, I say, but that's because, you know, I, I entered my field really young and I've stuck with it. Um, now I'm saying I plan on retiring then, but the truth of the matter is I don't know how to do anything else. So, <laughs> so anyway, so we want to talk about how to create but a budget. to be honest, like, I, I feel like I have multiple career lives in my mind. So like, um, yes, I work in an industry, which is very much. It's dependent on how the economy is going. So if a recession happens, cuts are going to happen. And, you know, but then I'm like, oh, if that happens, I want to go work in education as a counselor. (laughs) But then I'm like, also, like, I have very much, like, people usually have, like, one five-year path. I have, like, three or four. So I'm like, another path is after working in this area for a while, moving on to like working in marketing for like a a brand, like a huge brand. And then working as a professor in marketing. (laughs) And so like, there's a lot of like options for me, but, um, well, that's cause that's how my brain. Let me tell you now. (laughs) So, um, I looked into becoming a professor as a part of a, you know, retirement plan from my current Mm -hmm. position. And so I do teach a few classes. I am considered, you know, um, adjunct now, but yeah, it takes a long time. I would have to make tenure in order to make what I'm making to even to come close to what I'm making now. Um, and it, 
takes a long time to make tenure. <laughs> um, but what I learned from a good friend of mine who uh, took the step before me is that, so the plus side at working at a, at a school like Mississippi State is it's a mm-hmm. research school. So what you do is you get on some projects. And so when you, when, when grants are written for those projects, salaries are written into those grants. So your baseline salary may not be that great, but get on some projects and that way you can pick up some supplemental income. Um, I would definitely say I would, I would advise you to go ahead and start like filling the waters with that. Maybe even teaching like an online class. Yeah, it's tough because I've looked at, because of my master's degree, I can teach. Usually people teach like community college, but um, community college business level stuff doesn't even talk about marketing. <laughs> and so like I'm so specialized, but, but that, though, like I don't know how how that's going to work, but that's that's. That's fine. You know, still go ahead and try to get into it. And also don't be disappointed in the fact that, see, once again, we always come back to this. <laughs> so, yes, all, all it takes is a master's to be able mm-hmm. to teach, um, even even at a university. But they're going to want you to have a doctorate. And I don't have a doctorate. I wasn't even working on one and it just so happened that I knew some people and the department where I work needed, they needed some help. They had lost several um, professors at one time and it's really just, it's really just Jesus that it just kind of fell into my lap because they're very, I mean, and she, she had to, the lady that hired me, she had to really like, stick her neck out for me because they were like, mm, she doesn't have a doctorate. My, mind you though, there are, I do have white counterparts who are full blown professors and who do not have doctorates, but yeah, I digress. Um, anyway, we're going to get back to, I will say like, at the end of the day, it usually takes favor and connections. <laughs> so pray for favor, always. make some connections <laughs> and see where you go. Always. Always. <laughs> Okay, so back to budgeting. So <laughs> back to budgeting. So um, we're going to talk about how to create oh, a budget. To start, um, I will say that um, just generally, like I feel like as a millennial, reading all these budgeting articles and reading about, especially with those articles, they're like, I paid off three hundred thousand dollars of um, student loan debt in two years and a lot of times it ends up being a lot of privilege um, they usually live with somebody work multiple jobs right and so it's easy to feel down about what your situation is and what you're up against but at the end of the day yes doing what you can will get you further <laughs> than like just doing nothing at all it- <laughs> It definitely gives me <laughs> nightmares. I'm not going to lie. It does. Like that is part of why I have put off starting a doctoral program is because Don't I, want that I can't afford to pay for it right now. <laughs> and I, and I refuse to take out another student loan because I, it gives me nightmares and I want, if, and when I have children, I want my children to be able to start their lives without this looming debt. So I don't want them to, if I can't pay for them to go to school, I need to be in a position where I can take out those loans. 
So you're right. When they say that, normally, like it's someone who lives with their parents, like they're not paying any bills because most of us, I mean, I know I have plenty of friends who live with their parents for a while after school, but most of us, if we live with our parents, you still gonna have to kick in on Mm -hmm. something. I mean, that's just how it is. And, you know, that's just how it is. So anyway, creating a budget. (laughs) The first thing is to track your spending. Now, I used the app Mint, M-I-N-T. So I did not go to Excel. (laughs) I used Mint. I was going to say, I have Mint, but the thing is, Mint is really, really late on things. So I would get it paid on a Friday and then the Thursday of the next week, they're like, hey, we see you got paid. And I'm like, yes, I got paid last week and I don't have any more money anymore. Mine is not that it's, delayed. It's just not that intuitive. I Is it? Is it maybe your bank? Maybe maybe it's not communicating well with your bank. Like mine tell, like I know, like as a matter of fact, so we get paid tomorrow, but, uh, you know, with... um. Direct deposit is kind of pending now. So my mint has already notified me. It wouldn't tell me to like that I have a pending pay. No, my, my mint is pretty good. Um, but the bitch is rude. So that's why I don't really that's why I turned off the notifications and I only yeah. see the emails because uh, mint see, will be like, girl, you yeah. spent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I turned off the notifications because Yeah. No. No, girl. She's very rude. But I probably... <laughs> that's probably why I don't... I will say, budget. like, but, um, sometimes you do have to test out different apps. So, in addition... Well, I haven't used Mint in years, but I've used Clarity, which kind of tells me, it'll be like, oh, see, these rude apps will be like, oh, you spent, like, $300 on food. I'm like, please leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't okay. want to know that. <laughs> So that's a good point that you bring up because we're talking about how to create a budget, but we will move into how to stick to your budget. And so tracking your spending was one way they talk about sticking to your budget. But what I did was track, I tracked my spending for a while before I created my budget. And I used that to help me create my budget. So if I know that I typically spend this much on food, I may try to scale back some, but that way I don't make like an unrealistic goal. So if I know that for the past few months, I've been spending $300 a month on food, which I spend way more than food, but I've been spending $300 a month Mm -hmm. on food, I'm not going to make a budget saying, oh, I'm only going to spend $150. And part of it, um, you definitely need to track your spending. Part of it is you had to like check it. So like I get my gas from Kroger. So it adds my gas money into my food budget money and I'm like no that was gas oh yeah <laughs> so um yeah they yeah. definitely none of the apps are infallible but just knowing in general what you spend because I mean yeah 300 might have been on food but like probably 250 200 was me like either grocery shopping and going to eat <laughs> and so like it's like there are things the knowledge is helpful for you to like dial back on um 
And I'm glad you brought that up so that I can just throw this out there. And Mint is the only app that I've tried. So I don't know how any of the others work. But in order to get the best out of it, you can fine tune it. So you can go into the uh, go to the website, I think. I, I've never tried to do it straight from my phone, but go to the website and you can see all of your charges and you can tag that charge as no, this was transportation or this was whatever because like I make sometimes sometimes because I'm lazy I may go in Kroger and I may buy you know cotton balls mm-hmm. and <laughs> a pot remover stuff, stuff that's much cheaper if I would get it from Walmart but I'm lazy and I'm going in there anyway I will go in and move that stuff over so you know you can you can go in and fine-tune it but once again yeah. It is rude. I mean, <laughs> um, at the another... end of the day, I think you have to prepare yourself for like these financial apps are going to tell you about yourself in a way that you didn't want to be told by it yourself. But um, yes, even if you don't use the app, even if you use like a, just like a journal of what you spent your money on every day, you're going to find out stuff about yourself that you weren't ready to face. So I remember when my first job, like I actually lived at home, spent a lot of money because I didn't have any bills and I gained like 30 pounds (laughs) because I didn't have any bills and I spent my money on food because I don't like cooking. (laughs) And so like, it's just, I find that hard to believe. I, I like cooking, but I like cooking when I get the, um, emotional, like, support from it so like if I cook for me and somebody else and they're like oh my gosh this food is so good I'll cook more if I'm just the only one cooking (laughs) nobody's telling me my food is good and it's just not as fulfilling (laughs) so that is a pray for me that's my issue with budgeting So our first step is to track your spending. And then the second step is to automate your yeah. savings. And Doyen, you and I kind of had a conversation about this earlier. Um, the best thing to do is go ahead and set it up with your bank to where that money is automatically coming out of your account, out of your checking account and going into a savings account. Or like I have my bank automatically take out uh, money and send it to my savings as well as credit union go ahead and have it automated that way it's not up to you and you won't miss so, it that's the easy so thing my that. thing is i have a lot of things saving money for me automatically so one in my direct deposit i have a little bit that goes to like my travel fund in a whole nother bank from my main bank account. So I'm just not really fooling with it, letting it build. Then I have Digit, which basically looks at my, the amount of money I have every day and decides like what it can take. So usually on a good day, it's just taking a little bit. Sometimes it'll be like, hey, we're going to take $50. I'm like, hey, I need that back. <laughs> but the good news is you can withdraw <laughs> it. And then I also have Rise where basically I automate it. And so I'm like, hey, take this amount every paycheck and things like that. And so like for me, having it in different places um, decreases my likelihood of taking it away. 
But also uh, what I told Chris was I don't like paying my check, like my rent out of one check. And so basically with each check, I save half of my rent. And so it's in a different account, but it's still my main bank, but it's just in a different account where it automatically on the first, they take it out. And I'm like, it doesn't bother me because the money's there. (laughs) <laughs> and like I just broke up my direct deposit yeah. that way. And so things like that, it's just like for me, it makes sense to like save with not really truly thinking about it. Just have it automated where I'm not thinking about it. And then like a few months ago I had a issue with my starter and it cost me five hundred dollars. And while I was very sad about paying it. I had the money for it, you know, <laughs> which is super great because a lot of yeah. people are literally one crisis away from, you know, real financial issues. I'll just reiterate again how important, please automate your savings. <laughs> Don't leave it up right. to yourself to, to do it. Just automate your savings. Okay. And of course, the articles recommend 20% of your take-home pay towards savings. Um, I'm going to say if you've never, um, if you've never set aside a savings before, don't be intimidated by that 20%. You don't have to start off that big, but you can gradually increase and you can tell your bank, like you can set markers for those increments to happen to where you lead up to that amount. The one thing about budgeting is just try not to make it so intimidating and so scary. So the next part, the next step, third step is to take stock of your wants Mm. versus your needs. (laughs) I am incapable of doing this. And I am mentioning this step because it is listed and because I do think it is important. But I... (laughs) To be fair, um, sometimes it is just like... um, putting time between your want and your needs. So like you see something, you're like, oh, I need this. Waiting two weeks <laughs> and figure out, yeah. did you need it two that, weeks later? <laughs> that was one of the tips for um, how mm-hmm. to stick to your budget is yes, practice mm-hmm. waiting, like for sure. Um, but like when you talk about wants versus needs, I think if someone looked at a list of my mm-hmm. spending, <laughs> They would deem a lot of things as wants, whereas I would deem them needs. And, you know, I recognize that, you know, my liquor store bill mm. could be considered a want. But I That's need a line this. item on the budget. How am I, <laughs> how am I going to survive? <laughs> how am I going to survive? Like, yeah. I need this. So I just, you know... So anyway, one thing that the article also talks about, and we will list all these articles in the show notes, but one thing that the article talks about is you've got 80% of your take-home pay to play with, and they say aim to put no more than 50% of your take-home pay towards essentials. That's essentials with an S. Is that like So here's my issue. Yeah, I, I say essentials do count into bills. So here's my issue with essentials. Um, The cost of living continuously goes up, but we're not getting more pay. 
And especially when you live in an area where I do, it is very difficult to find nice housing that isn't exorbitant. Um, so just my rent alone will get me kind of close to that 50%. So I still have a car note. I still have the rest of my utilities. I still have groceries, like those things. I consider toiletries, basic toiletries and groceries. I consider that to be essentials. I still have all those things to do. And my rent has taken up a huge part of that. Sure, I could live somewhere cheaper, but... Um, I think typically <laughs> they start off with the notion that, like, your living expenses should be 30% of your income, your monthly income. Um, I think people, with the way the cost of living is rising, it's getting much higher for most people. Yeah, which is why I go back to the notion it's, of it's, saving half of your rent each paycheck, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt as bad once the rent comes out. <laughs> which yeah. that works for you, but I can oh, yeah. pay once a month, so I have to pay everything, you know, and I have to be a little more. Which I will say that getting paid once a month has made me a much better budgeter than I was before, uh, beforehand, because I don't have a choice. And I remember that first paycheck. I was like, I am balling. And then two weeks later, yeah. I was broke. <laughs> so um, they also give you some categories that uh, you need to consider when you're looking at your wants versus your needs. So for your needs, you can include or well, not necessarily needs, but you can include expenses like entertainment, uh, mm-hmm. dining out. <laughs> entertainment is a need. <laughs> is wine and my from a psychological standpoint, <laughs> it is a need. Uh, yeah. Your cell phone. Um, and, you know, these are areas where you can kind of trim. Like, I can't trim my yeah. rent. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, I can't trim my car payment. I can't trim my insurance. Those things, <sighs> they're set in stone. But these are areas where you can kind of trim the fat, per se. <laughs> <laughs> so another part of setting your budget is to figure out your paying yeah. preferences. So um, I do I do direct billing on just about as many things as I can. That way I don't have to think about it. I don't have to remember it because I am, I, I, y'all know me by now. I'm lazy. So I try to just set it up to where it automatically happens, but you need to, you need to figure out, is this something I want to come straight from my checking account? Is this something that I want to come from a credit card? Maybe it's a credit card that gives you rewards. Um, maybe this is a credit card where if you eat out, Every time you dine, you get uh, frequent flyer miles. Then when you're setting your budget for eating out, you know that you're going to use this credit card for that. So figure out your paying. So for me, I have like pay schedules when it comes to bills. So like I know first paycheck of the month, I'm paying certain things. And second paycheck of the month, I'm paying other things. And so like me, and especially because I get paid every two weeks and that kind of changes per month. Um, it's not really easy to do a whole lot of like direct <laughs> drafts because I could be struggling and then <laughs> it drafts true. and I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, um, 
so yeah, like for me, it's very important to have that schedule. And that's how I've been ever since I started making real money and had a job and real bills. Um, (laughs) but it's honestly, like you said, it's kind of what works for you, what you're more comfortable with. Um, and even like when it comes to like the whole, like, um, points thing, a lot of times you can tie your regular like debit card to these points programs and still get a lot of points with paying with your own money. Um, so it's just kind of making making your money work for you. And, um, yeah, that's the thing about it. It's just, like, everybody's money plan's not going to be the same, but there are some principles you can apply across the board to make your money work better for you. Um, and the last part is... <laughs> Don't forget to tackle your debt. Don't forget to include um, your debt when you're creating your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that they talk about is considering consolidating your high interest debt to a balance transfer mm-hmm. credit card. I have not done that. Uh, but like I said, the majority of my debt is student loans. So I don't even I don't even know how that would work. But um I'm going to go back to something Doyen mentioned earlier in the conversation is do what you can. You've got to pay something though. You've got to work towards, you've got to work towards lowering your debt and just don't let Mm -hmm. it intimidate you. Do something, pay, do something. But uh, one thing they say is that you should switch your, when you're creating your budget, if you have a substantial mm-hmm. amount of debt, <laughs> which I have not done this, but you should switch your budget up and put 30% of your take-home pay towards your obligations, whereas before it was 50%. They're saying put 30% into those obligations and put 20% towards your discretionary spending so that you don't have so that you have that extra piece where you can pay towards your debt. But as I say this, I'm thinking about it. Okay. So I haven't gone back and like altered the percentage that I have for financial obligations, but I include my student loans in my financial obligations. So I think I'm covered. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't look at it separately. So we've created a budget and here are just some really quick tips on how to stick to your budget. First of all, create a budget that you can stick to. Like, don't be unrealistic. Keep it real. And that's what we talked about at first. I tracked my spending first, then made a budget based on how I know I spend. Um, Set up auto drafts. We've already talked about that. Plan your meals. And this is so important. (laughs) I blow so much money when I don't know what I'm going to eat because it's like, well, fuck it. I'll just go grab something. Yeah. And And to be fair, like I was telling Chris, like, because I'm such a foodie that it's very hard to plan out what I'm going to eat for a week. So I tried this BuzzFeed uh, five day or actually seven day, like, you know, healthy eating plan. And like every day I had an emotional breakdown because I was like, I don't want to cook this fucking food. Like, 
even though like I probably spent like maybe seventy or eighty dollars on um groceries, like I wasn't going out to eat, but I was really big mad at myself because I had to cook this food. <laughs> but well, as some of you may know, I do a subscription box and that really helps me because it keeps, for one, again, I'm lazy. I don't like going to the grocery store, so I don't really have to go that often. And um, yeah, that kind of helps me. It, it yeah. plans it for me. And then so, the day is like, <laughs> and it's a week by you week. know, I wasn't happy, but I was happy with the fact that like I did not go out to eat at all that week. So um, <laughs> that was... <laughs> inspiring production even though I had very a lot of like emotional breakdowns because like meal prep takes so long and I was just so tired of it cooking food I hate it. for myself like how do I have to eat three times a day <laughs> I hate it I cannot eat brown rice for every meal for yeah. three days I can't but that's <laughs> the reality of being a human <laughs> in the world in 2018 so <laughs> um I will recommend um, trying out so the plans on the internet and buying out this grocery list and figuring out stuff and then like stuff that like like meatloaf you can eat like three times a week and not die and be tired of it <laughs> so uh starting to cook like our mamas used to cook so <laughs> i will say as a nigerian child um maybe like on a five-day week monday we ate a uh, pounded yam tuesday we ate rice wednesday we ate pounded yam thursday we ate rice and then friday we might get a pizza so <laughs> You know, like, it's not that imaginative, but at the same time, you know, we were a big family and it wasn't that expensive to feed us all. So. Hey, <laughs> so um, the next tip is to break it up, break up your budgeting. So most of us budget for the month. Um, some of some people budget according to their pay period, but most people budget to their month by the month, regardless of their pay period. And uh, it may be easier for you to say, hey, instead of saying I have, you know, I'm going to spend, I don't know, $100 a month on candy. I don't know. <laughs> instead of doing it like that, you may want to say, okay, I will give myself $25 a week. On candy? And one thing, when I first started trying to listen first of all i do not eat candy like that i'm not a candy person but i'm staring at this piece of gum sitting in front of me so it's, that's what it's like also i just got an alert on my phone that uh this woman went to jail uh, for three months because the police said that she had a blue substance it's in her car candy. and that it was meth turns out <laughs> Cotton candy. I'm so mad at that. <laughs> so I just read that. I just read that and then I thought, damn. <laughs> so anyway, breaking it up. And when I first started trying to put myself on a budget, I had to, I've grown past this now, but I had to deal in cash because it was easier for me to manage if I had cash. So I would literally like take out. So I had so much that I was going to spend a week on incidentals. I don't remember how much it was, but 
let's say $50 a week is what I allowed myself to spend just on blow money. So not blow as in cocaine, <laughs> but blow as in blowing this okay. money. So, <laughs> so I literally counted out $50 and put a paperclip on it for each week. And I would go into my drawer and take that clip out and put that clip in my purse. And that was for that week. So, you know, do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. There is like a notion Uh, of envelope budgeting uh, where you do do things like that. Yes, I do that. I still still do that a little bit, a little bit. When I'm trying to, sometimes I ration out cash. I rarely have cash on me. And sometimes I do try to ration out cash. (laughs) So I will do that as well. Um, Consult your social calendar. Know when birthdays, weddings, uh, you know, big event. Know when you're going to have times where you're going to need to spend extra money. I tell all of my friends the months that they cannot have a baby because (laughs) I have a niece. (laughs) I have a niece born in January. I have a niece born in March. I have a niece born in May. I have a niece born in October. Don't have no baby during the months. Or your but baby you have me, me born in because <laughs> and, and I have a going born in June. Right. Do not have a baby in June Can't because do. June belongs to Jordan. <laughs> you won't get anything from me. <laughs> but know when these things are coming up and plan for them so that you don't end up going on shopping sprees. This article, which this uh, this article is called "How to Stick to Your Budget" by Budgeting Basics and they can they say so many times during this article avoid shopping sprees like plan 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 um, to <laughs> to be specific uh december is a very hard time so literally every single weekend in december yes, i'm is. doing something this weekend i'm having friends miss um basically hosting a holiday party at my friend's house um <laughs> next week i have two parties uh, the weekend after that's my I'm going out of town. The weekend after that I'm going out of town. So it's like trying to figure out like budget for that. In addition to all the people that I had to buy presents for, <laughs> it's like uh, I I find it so rude. I find it so rude when people plan, you know. And I'm just gonna get on my soapbox here, and I don't care. I find it rude when you plan your wedding in. December. Are you playing your wedding and football season at all? Like, please. (laughs) See, I am not, I am not, listen, I am not, I am not getting, let me hop up on this. Um, On the soapbox. I'm just saying, saying, stop playing your wedding in football season. I don't like for people to treat me, I don't like for people to treat me like, I have this, you know, disposable income when, you know what? I have nieces, not to mention I have other financial obligations and it is not up to you to count my money, but I have nieces who have very expensive tastes. And for my nieces, I'm their only, let me be sure before I say this. Yes. For all of my nieces, I'm their only aunt who doesn't have children of my own. So they expect more from me and I plan to deliver. I'm going to be that aunt. I'm like on the, so it's just I'm like on the like, younger auntie quadrant. So nobody expects anything from me. And I like it like that. Like I, <laughs> I send my nephew, he's like <laughs> five or six years younger than me. I send him $5 for his birthday. <laughs> 
I'm like, but I square cash five dollars, which is usually. <laughs> I'm like, I just want you to know that as you are broke, I am also broke. <laughs> but hey, no, 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 no. Okay, so the next tip. I feel like you were judging budget. me. A um, we kind of mentioned this. <laughs> I am. I I am. Oh, how the tables have turned. Just you wait. <laughs> I'm definitely judging you. <laughs> so our next tip is to wait it out. And uh, Doyen kind of mentioned this earlier. And I, I am really good with this when it comes to big ticket items. I'll kind of plan out when I'm going to mm-hmm. buy big ticket items. So um, I knew that I had mm-hmm. to buy a laptop <laughs> in November. So it was like, okay, I'm not going to buy because uh, there are other things, other big items that I need. Like I'm not going to buy this this month. And then the next month I'll wait and I'll buy this, you know. Because yeah. space it out, space it out. And I, I do tend to be an impulse shopper, not not because I like to shop. I actually hate shopping, but spending money sometimes makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> so when it's a when it's a pretty stressful day, like I'll go on Amazon and buy something that's just like 99 cents. <laughs> the problem is I'll do that <laughs> repetitively. And so um, <laughs> that adds up. Yeah. But like even yesterday out. was Cyber Monday. Um, my pay periods did not align with all these holiday festivities. So I put a whole lot, because Crate and Barrel was having 20% off of um, dining wear. So I put a stuff in my cart and then I just left it there because <laughs> I'm like, we cannot afford this right now. <laughs> and you have plates and you have bowls and you're fine. <laughs> the last tip is to use a budget buddy. Um, yeah. See, no. <laughs> I think the problem with us is we tell each other after we bought stuff. We're like, oh, I, can't, I shouldn't have bought this, but I bought it. <laughs> I mean, but even we're if I tell you it, beforehand, yeah. I'm still going to buy it. Um, <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure I know that I have friends that I've sent texts to before. Like, okay, guys, I am walking into bed bathing. See, she will send it to me. I'll be like, <laughs> and FaceTime me. What you got in that cart? <laughs> no. no. Doyen will judge me. Doyen will definitely judge the fact that I bought a uh, $80 yeah. tray. Because I'm a mil- poor me. millennial, 30 years old. Trash cans shouldn't cost more than $20. And... <laughs> and that went up it made, it made me it made me feel like a responsible adult to have a nice shiny stainless steel trash can I don't know Just but saying. I did buy mini whisks this week yeah I okay we're gonna talk about that later <laughs> so I'm going to quickly run through how to do your holiday shopping and stick to your budget. Number one, value your value your relationships. Know who you're going to buy a gift. You don't have to buy a gift for everybody that you you know mm-hmm. remotely know. Price check with your phone. I do that especially for Cyber Monday. Um, I will have tabs open when I buy for my nieces and I'm buying toys. I have different tabs open and I am price checking to see where I can get the cheapest one. And I'm sure there are apps that do that for you, but you know. Number three is don't procrastinate. We all know, we all know not to procrastinate. Buy last year's electronics. 
Um, know the truth about Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Listen, y'all, they gooped me this year. I bought stuff on Black Friday, big. and then they're like, "Hey, no, I went to Rifle Paper Co. That's my problem." <laughs> and then Monday, they're like, "Free shipping," and I was like, that "You is, bitch." That is <laughs> That is your obsession. I was like, I could have not paid for shipping and got that discount. So next year, I'm not buying anything until Cyber Monday. And the thing about it is, one thing that this particular um, uh, article from Better Money Habits says is that the holiday sales are what they are. There's usually not a huge difference between what's offered on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the regular holiday sales. So just take advantage of the regular holiday sales. And y'all, stop going to Walmart and buying TV every year. What y'all doing with them TVs? Why do y'all have to go in Walmart and fight over TVs every year? Okay. <laughs> every year. The next part is just, you know, make sure you stay on top of your spending. Set a limit. Set a limit and learn how to make a few presents. Things. And when you're buying you for buy, children, you can make soap for people. You can. That is <laughs> that is also one of the tips. But um, Look, when oh you're my gosh, I'm not creative. All right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, <laughs> so that is like one of the things that is so easy to go over your spending is when you're buying for children. Also, I'm the type, I buy things for people and I think, oh, I would like one of these myself. That happens to me (laughs) all the time. So I was like looking at Christmas gifts for y'all. And I was like, damn, (laughs) I want some of this stuff too. That's how it always is. Before I even realized it, like my shopping cart had like $200 worth of shit in it. And I'm like, "Mm, let's reevaluate this. And the very next tip, as Doya said, is to consider making gifts. Y'all can make me a Um, pasta art sometimes. (laughs) Doya, no. Listen, send all of your... In all of your <laughs> I one of one of the best gifts that I got from a friend was just uh it was one of those huge mugs that came from like Dollar Tree. I mean it, it was clearly a Dollar Tree mug, but they put like the the stuff in it for like homemade cocoa. Yeah, put that's all a of idea. it in With the like mug. a mason jar, or you could do like a, homemade chili seasoning. There's a lot of stuff that you could do. Yeah, exactly. Cheap, but so don't be looking crazy when I send y'all a packet of herbs. Hey, can you like get me like some beignet mix and put it in? Yeah, just send that my way. Oh yeah, I can do that. I'll appreciate that. Okay. Easy. No, that's easy. Easy squeezy. <laughs> um, the next tip is to save up for expensive presents. Uh, and I try to stay away from expensive gifts, except for my nieces, when it comes to Christmas. Um, but yeah, save up for expensive gifts. Try to avoid shopping sprees. That's how the stores get you. That's the tip number nine. Avoid shopping sprees. Avoid that. Avoid that. Getting together with your girlfriends. Oh, we're going to go shopping. We're going to do Black Friday because your mind is going to tell you this is a deal. You got to get it. And once again, you're going to find yourself buying another TV that you bought last year already and you don't need another TV. Mm. And the 10th tip is to factor in shipping. And if you are anything like me, you love a good free shipping. 
Mm-hmm. And shipping can be $5. And that message can tell me to add $30 and I will get free shipping. And you best believe I'm going to add $30. Uh, to I'm going to go ahead and add like um, a shameless plug here. So <laughs> if you shop bougiepersuasion.com, um, there's free shipping up until Friday because I know all of us don't get paid at the same time. So there's free shipping with AfriCode Melanin Week. That's Melanin WK. And uh, yeah, because I'm trying to save y'all on the shipping and get some stuff for your friends. That is so considerate. <laughs> That is so considerate. Thank you. Hmm. So um, that draws us down to conclude our poor life decision. We've talked about creating a budget, sticking to your budget, and how to get through holiday shopping. We're going <laughs> to check in with each other <laughs> um, as we go through this holiday season and after the first of the year to see how we made it. I was telling Chris this past <laughs> weekend, I was like, my um, car registration comes due in January, and I'm never, ever prepared for it. So <laughs> my goal is for <laughs> next year to actually be prepared <laughs> to pay for my car registration, and that'll be great. All right. Well, <laughs> it is time for us to head on over to our favorite, favorite part of the show. Buy somebody a drink. Becca, who are you buying a drink for this week? So, I probably shouldn't since we started off this episode talking about (laughs) alcoholism, basically. (laughs) But I'm going to buy a drink for my mama. Yay! even though we're going to go drink tomorrow night because it's three for oh one night at our favorite Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Three for one? Show out. Show out. This is why the whole seven drinks per week thing. You're going to be done with your week tomorrow. Ma- 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just going to buy her a drink because... Now that she lives, now that we live in the same city, she cooks for me twice a week and it's pretty great. So mm. I'm a margarita just for cooking this week. Awesome. Well, um, so this week I am going to um, do a double header and I am going to buy a round of drinks as well as offer up a prayer to the family of Kim Porter. Um, you know, we, uh, we've all been familiar with Kim and this happened a couple of weeks ago, but it's just still been kind of weighing on me, uh, specifically just because she's such a great mother and I worry about her children. So I want to offer a round of drinks to everyone who's old enough to drink and to offer up a prayer that you find a way to make it through this difficult time and just know that you have our thoughts and prayers with you. So, uh, <laughs> so I want to buy a drink for the new parents of Gabrielle Union Wade and Dwayne Wade with their new baby and it's yes. hilarious because like they're on Instagram like <laughs> we ain't had no sleep and like you had a baby for two weeks calm down kids but I want to buy them a nice eggnog because I like eggnog a nice spiked eggnog 
and why they love on their new baby. Please leave me alone. (laughs) In fact, in addition, (laughs) I would like to buy a drink for the people who invented cranberry jelly and the people who love the cranberry jelly can. Because today I had a text from one of our listeners who was like, yes, girl, I love cranberry jelly. And so I'm buying drinks for everybody. Boom. <laughs> Both of y'all are blocked. Yes. Ugh. Blocked. I don't need this. <laughs> I just want to say that that baby is. I just cutest. love that. Every with time that I baby. see it's her, so though, <laughs> I just can't help but think, though, if y'all don't put that baby down, they really will rest, not leave that like baby this. alone. She's so tired. <laughs> She's so tired. Please she wants leave to that rest. baby alone. Let us leave. I feel like they're the ones that, like, they are so. Like, oh, I mean, they are so. I love their love of their baby, but I'm like, please leave that before they Yes. (laughs) I haven't felt this way since Assad. Because I used to feel like, please let Assad get some rest. He needs some rest. (laughs) Okay. So it's been another episode of Poor Life Decision. Um, We would love for y'all. Yay. Cheers, cheers. Girl magic. Um, we would love for y'all to talk to us on Instagram. So we are Poor Life Decision. One decision because we're fixing our lives one decision at a time. Um, also, we're on Twitter as PLD Pod. Again, I tweet a lot at 2 o'clock in the morning because the go to sleep episode just did not take and I cannot sleep. But... Uh, but also, we would like to share, we actually started a shop. So we are actually on Etsy as Poor Life Decision. And so... What a weird <laughs> right sound I effect. Like, I thought, listen, I, I, I thought it was going to be a drum roll. It was just it like... Said drums. I didn't... It was didn't like know. a quick bass drum <laughs> symbol situation. It was. I like didn't know. <laughs> but we are on Etsy as Poor Life Decision, and we have new t shirts, which you should definitely check out. But also, we have a super cool mug. So, um, if you're drinking coffee or you're drinking coffee with Kahlua or coffee with the special praline cream, um, the, the mm-hmm. mug is great for you, whichever way. So. Or if you're just drinking wine in a mug like me, because, you know. <laughs> the mugs are super cute. You're going to want one. Then you're going to want to get one for your favorite coworker. Then you're going to want to get one for your mom. Um, Go ahead budget and order for it, up. But also spend a lot of money. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if that is all, we thank y'all for tuning in with us. And we Bye. will see y'all next week. Bye. All I really want to see is done. I don't really need a D any done. All a bad bitch need is done. I got pants in the coop. Bussin' at the roof. I got pants in the coop. Touch me, I'll shoot.